Do you have to be born again in order to be saved? We'll answer that and more in lesson number 24, the sacrament of baptism. Scott and Christopher, we want to welcome you back to another episode of All About My Catholic Faith. Hey, I hope you had a great week last week, and I hope you went to Mass last weekend, and perhaps you remembered to invite someone to go to Mass with you. So thanks again for joining me again this week, Christopher. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, and I'm looking forward to asking you a few questions about baptism today. How are you? Well, I'm doing pretty wonderful. And you know, Lent starts next week. And I'm looking forward to growing a little closer to Jesus this Lenten season. I'm also excited that we'll be announcing the winner of the book giveaway next week on our podcast. People still have time to enter? Yes, indeed. The actual deadline to enter for a chance to win a free copy of Trent Horn's book, Why We're Catholic, is next Wednesday, which is Ash Wednesday, March 6th. All you have to do is go to our website, allaboutmycatholicfaith.com, and enter your name and email address. And that's found in the right-hand column of the website. And you'll just see uh, an area in there to enter your name and your email and a comment. And you don't need to make a comment, but you can. But you do need to put the words, why we're Catholic there. Now, if you don't see that, then perhaps you're on a mobile device. So just on your mobile device, scroll down to the bottom of the screen. And you should see view in the web version or full web version and just Press on that, click on that, and you should get the full web version where you will be able to see that comment section on the right-hand side. So before we get started with this week's lesson, I'd like to have our first Bible reading. And today our first reading will be from the Old Testament from Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 22 through 38. And we'll hear about receiving a new spirit and a new heart from being sprinkled with clean, purified water. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, Not for your sake do I act, house of Israel, but for the sake of my holy name, which you desecrated among the nations to which you came. But I will show the holiness of my great name, desecrated among the nations, in whose midst you desecrated it. Then the nations shall know that I am the Lord, oracle of the Lord God, when through you I show my holiness before their very eyes. I will take you away from among the nations, gather you from all the lands, and bring you back to your own soil. I will sprinkle clean water over you to make you clean. For all your impurities and from all your idols I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you so that you walk in my statutes, observe my ordinances, and keep them. You will live in the land I gave to your ancestors. You will be my people, and I will be your God. I will deliver you from all your impurities. I will summon the grain and make it plentiful. I will not send famine against you. I will increase the fruit on your trees and the crops in your fields so that you no longer endure reproach from the nations because of famine. Then you will remember your evil behavior and your deeds that were not good. 
You will loathe yourselves for your sins and your abominations. Not for your sake do I act, oracle of the Lord God. Let this be known to you. Be ashamed and humbled because of your behavior, house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, when I cleanse you of all your guilt, I will resettle the cities and the ruins will be rebuilt. The desolate land will be tilled, once a wasteland in the eyes of every passerby. They will say, this once desolate land has become like the Garden of Eden. The cities, once ruined, laid waste and destroyed, are now resettled and fortified. Then the surrounding nations that remain shall know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt what was destroyed and replanted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will do it. Thus says the Lord God, This also I will be persuaded to do for the house of Israel, to multiply them like sheep, like sheep for sacrifice, like the sheep of Jerusalem on its feast days, the ruined cities shall be filled with flocks of people, then they shall know that I am the Lord. Remember from our last lesson that sacraments are outward signs that were instituted by Jesus in order to give us grace. Baptism is the sacrament where Christ acts on our soul and actually gives it divine life. We become children of God at our baptism, and it's the first time that we receive the Holy Spirit into our souls and when we receive sanctifying grace. Jesus told Nicodemus, a Jewish Pharisee, that no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born first of water and spirit. Here is that from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you are unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Amen, amen, I say to you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can a person once grown old be born again? Surely he cannot re-enter his mother's womb and be born again, can he? Jesus answered, Amen, amen, I say to you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. So, how is baptism done in the Catholic Church? At our baptism, we have water sprinkled or poured on us, or perhaps we'll be immersed into a pool of water. This is done by a priest or deacon, and as we're baptized, he will say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. At that point, that person who is being baptized is now a child of God, and will be eligible to enter the kingdom of God here on earth, and may be able to enter the kingdom of heaven when they pass from their time here on earth. You know, that's such a wonderful thing. And you know, baptism not only makes us a child of God, it actually freezes from the devil. Remember, we're born with original sin because our first parents, Adam and Eve, sinned in the Garden of Eden. Because they sinned against God, we were given original sin when we were born. At our baptism, the sacrament will give us grace and the strength to fight any evil that may try to enter our soul. Once we're baptized, the devil can never, ever enter our soul again to hurt us unless we invite him or we let him in. During baptism, if we're old enough when we are baptized to say the words, or later when we say our baptism vows, we're promising to live our lives for God and that we will imitate Jesus Christ in everything that we do, and that we will not love ourselves too much. And that 
you won't love or follow or do things that the devil would have you do. We also promise that we will love Jesus and each other and that we will do everything to please God in everything that we do with all of our hearts. Baptism is called the gateway into Christ's church and his mystical body. It's also called that because we cannot receive any of the other sacraments until we receive that sacrament of baptism. So until we're baptized and receive sanctifying grace, we're not allowed to receive Holy Communion or Confirmation or to be married in the Catholic Church or to become a priest or deacon or to receive anointing of the sick. When should we get baptized? You know, from the very beginning, the church has baptized young people, even the youngest infants. You know, there are a lot of non-Catholic Christians out there who believe that in order to be baptized, you have to be old enough and be able to say, I want Jesus to be my personal Lord and Savior, and I believe in everything he teaches, and I want to be a Christian. So please, I would like to be baptized. And that's true if someone is older, and let's say an older teenager or young adult, or even an older adult, and they're able to come to that realization and they've never been baptized before, and they want to be baptized, then they can definitely do that. You know, this happens all the time, and it's a great thing when people are baptized when they haven't been yet. Perhaps, again, through no fault of their own, they were never baptized or never taught about the need to be baptized. Remember, though, baptism is a sacrament that gives you sanctifying grace, and when you're baptized, you not only become a child of God, you are born again, in Jesus. What if a person wasn't baptized when they were a baby? Baptism takes away original sin. It also takes away any venial and any mortal sin that's on our soul at that point. So if you're not baptized as an infant and you've committed sins, which we all do, of course, and then you come to the Lord and desire to be baptized and accept him as your Lord and Savior, and when you decide to be baptized after learning all about the Catholic Church and all of her teachings, then you'll be washed clean from original sin and from all other actual sins that have been committed up to that point in your life. Awesome! When you get to the day, finally, that you get to be baptized, and the priest says, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and pours that water on your head, wow! At that moment, it's like a sheet has been cleaned completely. You know, it's pure white. You are now pure and no longer have any sins at all. If you were to die at that moment without having another chance to do anything wrong or to commit any other sins, you know what? What? You would go straight to heaven because that would be the cleanest and purest your soul could ever be. Remember though, if you later sin, even after you're baptized and you become a child of God, you can go to confession to have your soul cleaned and purified again as clean and pure as the time when you were baptized. We'll talk more about the Sacrament of Penance in an upcoming lesson, so keep listening every week. Have to be baptized in the Catholic Church. Normally, baptism is given by a priest or deacon of the Catholic Church, but it can also be given by a pastor of non-Catholic Christian churches, as long as that church is intending to conduct the baptism the way the Catholic Church does, and baptizes with water, and uses the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, then that person is truly and validly baptized. These people are regarded as true Christian brothers and sisters, but they are in an imperfect relationship with Jesus' church. 
their specific beliefs in their particular Christian tradition will determine just how close they are to the true church, the Catholic Church. In rare circumstances, let's say there's an emergency and someone is in an accident and in danger of dying, and they can't get to a church or have a priest go to them, and they desire to be baptized and haven't been baptized yet, then anyone, anyone at all, it doesn't matter if that person is Catholic or Christian or even if they're an atheist, it doesn't matter their background, they can baptize the person who is desiring to be baptized in this emergency situation as long as, again, they use water they sprinkle it on the person, and they at least get some of the water on them. And again, they use the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That person is then conditionally baptized, which is a valid baptism as long as that person doing the baptism is doing so in the same manner as the church desires. If that person were to die because of their serious injuries before they have a chance to go to a priest, then they would go to heaven. What if a person dies but is never baptized? Will that person still be able to go to heaven? Jesus said that unless a man be born again of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. If, however, a person, through no fault of their own, has not had the opportunity to be baptized, the church teaches that this person may still be saved by what is called baptism of desire or baptism of blood. Baptism by water that we've been talking about here in this lesson is the only way that a person can truly make it into the body of Christ and be a member of this church. Baptism of blood and baptism of desire are there as lifelines that can possibly save someone who's not been baptized. So picture it like this. A boat sailing on rough waters has a ladder and two different ropes hanging from its side. And there's a person climbing on the ladder, and he's almost in the boat. And there are two more people hanging onto the ropes with hopes that they too will make it into the boat. The boat in this case is the church. The person on the ladder is part of the church because the ladder is part of the boat. But the ropes are just hanging from the church as possible ways to make it onto the ladder and into the boat or into the church. A person must be part of Jesus' church in order to be saved and make it to heaven. Jesus told us that. Remember, the Catholic Church is the one and only church that Jesus started and that is still here on earth today. But again, if by no fault of their own, a person has never entered the church by being baptized, then these lifelines of baptism, of blood and baptism, of desire, are there as possibilities for those to make it into the body of Christ, his church, and into heaven. How does a person receive baptism of blood? Well, a person will receive the baptism of blood when he suffers martyrdom for the faith of Christ. That means that he suffered and was killed to defend the Catholic Christian faith. How does a person receive the baptism of desire? A person may receive the baptism of desire when he loves God above all other things, and he does everything that he knows, everything that's possible to love and serve God, and to live in the manner that God desires. If this person lives in this way and desires to do everything he can for his salvation, then he may receive the baptism of desire. If a person knows about the Catholic Church and has been told that baptism into the Catholic Church is the only way to enter the body of Christ and to be saved and to make it into heaven, 
and that person still chooses not to be part of the Catholic Church, then they really risk their eternal salvation. They've basically let loose of the rope, or they've even jumped from the boat. People baptized before the time of Jesus? In the Old Testament times, the Jewish people had their young children, usually at the time they were eight days old or so, circumcised. And during circumcision, the child was brought into the world of God at that young age. Of course, that child wasn't able to talk, and they couldn't decide to be a child of God and become part of the Jewish tradition. They weren't able to tell anyone that they wanted to be a believer or a follower of God, but their parents could speak for them and say that they wanted this for their child. A parent must do many things for a child as they're growing up, just like your parents had to do many things for you and help you along until you were able to do things on your own. When Jesus came and told everyone about the need for baptism, and he said that you must be baptized in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, then baptism replaced circumcision. We no longer have to circumcise a baby in order for them to enter the kingdom of God, but we do need to baptize our children in order for them to become children of God. We must baptize our children as soon as possible after they're born. If you were a baby way back in the beginning of Christian days, you were likely to be baptized at a young age of a week or two old. And during the early church, they talked a lot about baptism, and they asked, why do we want to wait till the child is even two weeks old? So they started to baptize babies as soon as possible, even the day or the day after they were born. This is such a wonderful thing because that child is now born again and is now a child of God. What if Catholic parents don't get their child baptized when they are a baby? Great question. If a Catholic parent or parents delay needlessly, and especially if they neglect to get their newborn baby baptized, then they will have committed a mortal sin. Not only do they put a wall up between them and Christ, they've also now put their precious new baby in danger, and the baby will continue to live with original sin on their soul. It's really the worst form of child abuse, I think, because they're basically saying they don't care if their child goes to heaven or not. So I know I wasn't baptized until I was seven years old. So does that mean that you committed a mortal sin? Ooh, yeah, sadly, yes. Although I really desired to have you baptized, I needlessly delayed having you baptized. And for that, I am very, very sorry, and I do apologize. That's okay. Thankfully, everything worked out. Not to get too personal, but can I ask you if you ever went to confession about that? Yes, I did confess that during confession, and yes, it's a personal question. But as a believer of Jesus and someone who loves others, you shouldn't be afraid to ask those kinds of personal questions of others. You know, to really love someone is to truly desire for them to make it to heaven one day. So not to blame someone, but to sincerely ask them about their possible sinful life can be a very good thing and can even bring that person to realize that the type of life they're living needs to be changed. So let's continue on with a couple more readings from the Holy Bible. You know, reading the Bible and listening to the Bible is so excellent for you and your soul. So if you're not currently reading the Bible, make sure you pick up your Bible and start reading. And you can also make sure to write down the chapter and verses that we talk about during the lesson so then you can go back later and read them for yourself. 
This next reading today is going to be from the New Testament, and it's going to be from Romans chapter 6, and it's about freedom from sin and the life with God. What then shall we say? Shall we persist in sin that grace may abound? Of course not. How can we who died to sin yet live in it? Or are you unaware that we who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were indeed buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. For if we have grown into union with him through a death like his, we shall also be united with him in the resurrection. We know that our old self was crucified with him, so that our sinful body might be done away with, that we might no longer be in slavery to sin. For a dead person has been absolved from sin. If, then, we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. We know that Christ, raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has power over him. As to death, he died to sin once and for all. As to life, he lives for God. Consequently, you too must think of yourselves as being dead to sin and living for God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, sin must not reign over your mortal bodies so that you obey their desires. And do not present the parts of your bodies to sin as weapons for wickedness, but present yourselves to God as raised from the dead to life and the parts of your bodies to God as weapons for righteousness. For sin is not to have the power over you since you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Of course not. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that although you were once slaves of sin, you have become obedient from the heart to the pattern of teaching to which you were entrusted. Freed from sin, you have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your nature. For just as you presented the parts of your bodies as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness for lawlessness, so now present them as slaves to righteousness for sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free from righteousness. But what profit did you get from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been freed from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefits that you have leads to sanctification, and its end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our next reading will be from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free persons, and we were all given to drink of one spirit. And now reading from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. I, then, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to live in a manner worthy of the call you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience bearing with one another through love, striving to preserve the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, one body and one spirit, as you were also called to the hope of your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. 
As we near the end of this lesson, please know that the earlier Christians were told to baptize their entire families, and we see in history and in other places in the Bible that the people baptized their entire families. So if you think of someone's household, it will contain adults and maybe grandparents who may be living there, young teenagers, young children, and even the very youngest babies and newborns. So when the entire household was to be baptized, that meant that the entire household should be baptized. That's everybody in that household. The father of the family back then would normally be the person who would say that he would want his entire family to be baptized. So a priest or bishop at that time would come in and baptize the entire household. That entire family, one by one, would be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, from the oldest in the household all the way down to the newborn baby. I hope you're able to learn a lot about baptism today. This helped me a lot. I hope it helped others too. Great. Me too. Remember that baptism is the first sacrament and it opens the door and allows us to go into the door of God's kingdom, into the life of God and into all the promises that Jesus has given us. Remember that Christ's first birth was when he was born in the stable to Mary and Joseph. He then suffered and died for our sins and was buried. Jesus' second birth, when he was born again, was on Easter Sunday when he rose from the tomb. Baptism by immersion gives us new life and we are born again, and this is also a symbol of Christ's birth, death, and resurrection. Our first birth is when we were born into this world to our parents, but we had original sin on our soul. When we were baptized and when we were immersed under the water, this symbolized us dying to our sin and being buried with Christ. When the priest brings us out of the water, we are born again. And this symbolizes rising with Christ to the new life of grace. Baptism by immersion is not the common way that babies are baptized these days, but it can still be done that way. If a baby or anyone for that matter is baptized with water being poured or sprinkled onto them, then this is also a symbol of dying to sin and rising to be born again into the new life of Christ, but not as directly as being immersed under the water. As long as water is used and the person who is doing the baptizing says, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, then the baptism is real and it's valid. Remember, Jesus died on the cross so that you could go to heaven, and baptism is the doorway to heaven through the Catholic Church. It's your doorway into the world and the Word of God. It's very awesome. So if you haven't been baptized yet and you want to be baptized, Remember, there are ways that you can become baptized in the Catholic Church. So feel free to send me an email message on our website, allaboutmycatholicfaith.com. Or better than that, just go to your local Catholic Church and ask for a priest and say that you really want to learn about becoming baptized in the Catholic Church. If you've already been baptized in another Christian faith, you won't need to get baptized again because, remember, baptism is one of the sacraments that can only be received once. But you can still and you should still come home to the Catholic Church. Don't be afraid. You know, that's one of the most common phrases in the Bible. Don't be afraid. So, don't be afraid. Seek the answers and be baptized and unite yourself fully with the true Church of Jesus Christ.
the Catholic Church. If someone you know and love hasn't been baptized, then please pray for them every day that they will see that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, and that they will seek to learn about the church that Jesus started and will enter the church through baptism. The day when this podcast is coming out is Friday, March 1st, and this again is your last opportunity to put your name in and email in for the book giveaway for Trent Horn's book, Why We're Catholic. And again, it's easy to do. Just go to our website, allaboutmycatholicfaith.com, and on the right-hand column, just put your name and email address in there and the words, Why We're Catholic. Next week on Ash Wednesday, we'll pick a winner for the book giveaway, and we'll announce it on the next podcast next week on Friday, March 8th. As I said earlier, Lent starts next week, and in six more weeks, many, many people from around the world will enter the Catholic Church. If you know someone that is about to become Catholic and you're looking for a great gift, you can get a 15% discount off any All About My Catholic Faith products between now and March 5th. And just go to our website, allaboutmycatholicfaith.com, and you'll see a tab for products. And click on that, and there, make sure you enter the code GETU15. Whenever you check out, get that 15% discount. I'll put a link in the show notes and that code also um, on our website, allaboutmycatholicfaith.com. Please remember to go to Mass this week and every week. And if you're not Catholic, remember you're always invited to come to Mass at any time. The door's always open for everybody. Remember, at Mass, the angels and saints are all there present with all of the other believers. If you know someone who wants to know more about the Catholic Church, then please tell them about this podcast series so they can also learn more about the Catholic Church. I hope before next week that you will remember to say a prayer for me, and I will definitely keep you in my prayers every day during my rosary. Next week, we'll talk about the Sacrament of Confirmation. Confirmation is a sacrament in which the Holy Spirit will come into you in a very special way and will enable you to profess your faith as strong and perfect Christian soldiers of Jesus Christ. So until next week, God bless you and goodbye for now. All About My Catholic Faith is a 2CJs production.